Good morning, everybody. It is Tuesday, the 8th of June, and I am back from a week's holiday. I'm not sure if you read the weekend email, you realise it wasn't actually a holiday in Victoria. I was supposed to be in Port Douglas with Emma. Instead, we were stuck at home, and it's inevitable when you're stuck at home that you end up sitting in front of your computer again, doing everything on your what-you-don't-want-to-do list, and being pestered mentally by all the things that you know you should be doing now you've got some time. So it wasn't really a holiday at all and I was working on Saturday anyway so not really refreshed but I do have some fabulous content for you today in the strategy piece. Now I've realized from I put a link in the weekend email saying or providing you with the ability to email me to say what we can do better what Marcus today can do better which I spelt wrong had died when I saw that I spelt the subject line wrong so the first thing that we could do better of course is learn to spell but I got a lot of replies to that one of the replies was about this section it was saying that or asking if we could break out the strategy section separately from the other content and I completely agree writing about strategy every day in my section was fabulous when the market was very volatile last year and when we were all discussing whether we should be in cash or equities and it was constantly changing but since the November vaccine news and the recovery in the market that we've seen since we're now in a steady bull market and writing about strategy every day just doesn't work well it might work but it just doesn't fill the section so the section's probably misnamed Marcus strategy maybe I'll just call it Marcus and we'll break the strategy out in its separate paragraph whenever we write about strategy which I always do by the way in the weekend email I'll put a paragraph in there every every week which talks about what we are doing strategically that is to say with the cash equities decision in particular so watch out for those subtle changes in this section. Otherwise, I think I will continue to do a bit of a midday wrap in the po- in the podcast and in the strategy section. We'll have to call it something else, the Marcus section. And today that goes along these lines. A bit of a quiet week on the diary this week. The European Central Bank meeting is about as exciting as it gets, which isn't exciting, of course. Overnight, the Dow Jones was down 126. Our futures were up five and our market's been up 34 points today. It's currently up up eight banks doing okay healthcare doing okay resources dragging its heels you probably saw the iron ore price was down 2.6 percent overnight and the chinese import export numbers were a little bit below expectation the nasdaq was up overnight you've probably seen those reddit stocks if you remember them from january those stocks where social media groups were taking on the shorters anyway they're flying again if you remember in january we were getting excited about amc entertainment going from $2 to $20. Have a look at the chart now. It's just gone from $10 to $72. And GameStop is close to its January highs as well. That's just ripped up from $150 to $280 in the last couple of weeks. They're a bit of a sentiment barometer, those stocks. The market's willingness to be exuberant and it's obviously building once again. And you might notice on that front, Afterpay has been quietly improving. And that is despite an article in the AFR talking about them 
receiving a class action complaint filed in the US claiming their marketing is misleading over fees customers incur with banks and seeks restitution of all fees paid, punitive damages, actual damages, and an injunction on behalf of the general public prevent Afterpay from continuing to engage in its illegal practices. The Afterpay share price is up 40 cents today, unfazed by the class action in the US. Other things, travel had a bad day yesterday, but is bouncing today. Looks like Victoria is going to come out of its lockdown on time midnight on Thursday, although there are suggestions that Melbourne restrictions might extend beyond the long weekend. G7 are talking about imposing a 15% minimum tax rate on any company in the country in which they make their money, although some doubt that they will get that to stick. The NAB business survey this morning was pretty good. Business conditions at another record high. Business confidence dropped a little bit from last month's record high, but overall it's still pretty bullish. Japanese GDP dropped 3.9% last quarter, beating forecasts for a contraction of 5.1%. National Storage has announced a $325 million capital raising. It's in a trading halt and something that might interest anyone who's been touched by Alzheimer's. Biogen in the US, US listed stock jumped 38% overnight. And this is a 60 billion US dollar market cap company. Well, it is now. Their Alzheimer's disease therapy was approved by the US FDA and accelerated approval, which is the first approval of an Alzheimer's therapy by the FDA since 2003. And patient advocacy groups have supported the drug despite skepticism from some scientists, says the AFR. The FDA said in a statement on Monday that it was allowing the drug on the market because it reduces amyloid, apologies if I pronounce it wrong, a sticky harmful protein that clogs the brains of Alzheimer's patients. Amyloid's role in Alzheimer's is debated, but numerous other drugs that target it are being developed by pharmaceutical companies. Biogen plans to sell the therapy under the brand name Aduhelm. Probably got that wrong as well. It will cost US dollars 56,000 a year. Interesting stuff. Right. In the Marcus section, we'll call it the Marcus section, shall we, rather than the strategy section. In the Marcus section today is a story you should read in response to the what could you do better email I sent out at the weekend. I got over 100 replies, by the way. I'll try and reply to them all because I enjoy replying to them all, but you may not get a reply immediately. Anyway, one of them said, amongst asking us to bring back that stupid questions link we used to have or the Ask Marcus Today link where you can write in about your experiences or ask direct questions. We sort of got rid of that, but we'll put it back in. Anyway, the member went on to say, incidentally, and you will of course not remember this, but I do remember this. Well, I do remember it now. But we met at the seminar you held in Perth a few years back. I used to run advanced stock picking courses. They absolutely wore me out in 2018, traveling from city to city, giving full day talks. I just used to collapse at the end of the day. So I stopped doing it because it was taking me away from the newsletter and tiring me out. Poor me. Maybe I should do them again. But our member says, we met at the seminar you held in Perth a few years back. I then asked you your opinion on the then budding lithium market and you were positive towards it. You said that there is a lot to be said for focusing on one in capitals company alone and know everything there is to know. I did that. Let me finish his email. $156,000 went into first Kidman Resources. KDR was the code. It was taken over by West Farmers. And 
$800,000 came out, which I was supposed to pay off debt with, but put into Liontown, code is LTR, put into Liontown instead. That investment hit $12 million yesterday, and that was written on Sunday, on Saturday. A good move, best regards, no names, no pack drill. There you go. The one stock, it was something I used to talk about in the advanced stock picking course was the one stock portfolio rather than repeat the whole article it's something I first wrote in 2007 and then updated later but it's an article about the weaknesses of diversification and how if you go to a financial planner these days you're likely to leave thinking you've bought five managed funds but in fact you've bought a portfolio of 14 asset classes and 3,000 stocks domiciled in half a dozen countries and of course when the bull market is going, it will underperform because it will doubtless hold cash and bonds. And when the bear market comes, you'll just wear it on the nose and they'll tell you it'll be all right in the long term and not do any selling. And that's how the stock market goes. Or it's not really the stock market. That's how investment goes. It sucks you into a matrix that allows a lot of financial advisors to be lazy and inattentive because they are relying on the long term and they've diversified your portfolio. Diversification's like a religion. Captain Cook, who was the first of a long line of successful English captains to tour Australia, will tell you, that comes from an Englishman, that will, he will tell you that there is one certain certainty of life, which is that if you discover any group of human beings, no matter how remote, they will have a God and a religion. It was not someone's idea. It is a human need to huddle under an omnipotent being and a connected creed and to have all our biggest questions in life, any question in life, answered not by logic, but by faith in a guru and his teachings. Net result from religion to financial advice, our insecurity endows are symbols with vastly more trust and belief than they could ever realistically possess or deserve. And it's been going on since the depths of time. Blind faith born of insecurity. And in the remote wilderness of portfolio construction, we have a lot of gurus, but there is one religion and it is called diversification. And it persists because in the modern day, the fear of being sued and diversification is your insurance policy against getting sued as a professional. So we all have a spread of equities and bonds and property and cash if we ever go and see a professional. It underperforms in the good times, outperforms in the bad times, but still doesn't perform anyway. The one stock portfolio was the idea that you cut across all this consensus preaching and consider a blasphemy, which is the one stock portfolio. When I wrote this article in 2007, I was approached and it was going into the Sydney Morning Herald and The Age every weekend, my article. So went in on a Saturday. And on the Monday, I was approached by the head of equities at Patterson's, who was under a directive from one of the partners who had read my article. And he told me that from now on, all my articles should have the line that says, the opinions in this article are those of Marcus Padley and do not represent the views of Patterson Securities, bunch of chickens. Broking was actually quite a hostile environment for someone like 
like me who had a bit of a media profile you might remember Charlie Aitken as well I think he suffered as well in broking they cut down the small poppies let alone the big ones and they are full of ego charged individuals sitting on those dealing desks who don't want anyone else talking to their clients even if it is through the media so it's quite a difficult time to be it's always got to be in the media and in broking at the same time anyway I digress back to the one stock portfolio why wouldn't you just pick one stock if you want low risk what's riskier knowing a little bit about 20 stocks you're not watching or everything about one stock you are watching diversification is an insurance against ignorance for people who don't either bother to get to know what they were doing or don't know what they're doing so the one stock portfolio is for people who are interested do want to make the effort are not ignorant and do want to know what they're doing so imagine this if you were forced to sell all your stocks your whole super fund liquidate your smsf for instance and buy just one stock what would you do and i'll tell you what you do you do a heck of a lot more work getting to know that one stock than you're doing getting to know 20 stocks that are probably big brand names that are probably stocks that children could name because they're australian icons that don't necessarily perform and if you were to buy one stock you're going to watch every move you're going to go to every company presentation get to know the ceo get to know the other shareholders chat to the other shareholders you're going to watch the opening watch the close watch the drivers pick up on anything that's relevant to that stock you're going to be sitting outside the headquarters with a pair of binoculars checking what they're doing and that's the one stock portfolio investing in just one stock focuses the mind you pay attention paying attention's good you do a lot more work before you buy you think harder about every trade you plan you set levels you get to know the stock the way the share price moves you develop a strategy you're more disciplined more vigilant you don't really have to be vigilant you're interested so you're vigilant and with so much at stake you're actually going to be more risk averse not less risk averse you're going to be sensitive to bad news you're going to be in touch with it every day so with one stock it's not necessarily more risky at all or more short term it's actually less risky because you've got your head in the game and you've only got one stock to focus on after all so that's the the idea behind the one stock portfolio bear in mind these comments do represent the opinions of Marcus Padley and do not represent the advice of Patterson Securities who don't exist anymore by the way and there you go and just to round this off for our member who has turned $156,000 into $12 million, I put a couple of photos in that he has allowed me to put in of him standing with the CEO of Lion Town which is the company he's making money on at the moment and I think it jumped 15% last week on an announcement about splitting their lithium assets from their gold copper nickel assets demerging them and here we got pictures of our member standing with the CEO and this is what you have to do you get to know the CEO you go to the company presentations and if you want dedication to the cause I can tell you his license plate number is LTR Lion Town I don't think I'd ever get excited enough to have the NAB on my license plate I have to say there you go dedication to the one stock creed and that's about that then I have to end this podcast because I'm going on too long then I've got a section today on how do you pick a stock and I think the main point in there is that there are lots of stocks to suit every investor not just one you only need to pick one it doesn't necessarily need to be the best stock good is good enough and if you do focus on one stock you'll quickly learn even before you buy it whether you've picked the right one or the wrong one and you'll move on if you you pick the wrong one I used to do
do uh, trading or trade very successfully in Webjet when it was on its way from $2 to $8 in 2014, 15. That was my one stock for a while. I tripled my money in the end doing that and then it sort of plateaued and I got out. So do your work on one stock rather than lots of stock. As Jeff Wilson told me once, the, the one with the most information wins and you end up having an edge. As I've said before, if you do an hour's work on a stock, you're probably in the top 1% of people know anything about that stock. If you do 10 hours work, you're probably in the top 0.001% of anyone who knows anything about that stock. And if you've done the one stock portfolio, you'll end up in the top 0.001% of people knows anything about that stock. They say the reason people get addicted to online gaming, especially first person combat games in particular, is because as you improve, you get this feeling of dominating newbies. And apparently it's a bit of a drug. You can find that in the stock market, but only if you you focus. One good stock, as Mae West said, too much of a good thing can be wonderful. Anyway, there we go. Rather a long-winded podcast today. As I say, I jumped out of bed this morning to write this story up. Thank you very much to our member who sent that email in. Good luck with your one-stock stock picking. Maybe I should start a section called the one-stock portfolio. Goodness, so many things I could do. Uh, there we go. That's it for today. That's enough, Marcus. As I leave you, stock market unchanged. Gone nowhere now. Was up 34. Dow futures are down 11 as I speak. You have a fabulous day. I'll speak to you tomorrow. Bye.